This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. My apologies. I missed one of the ends in today's guest's last name. It happens live TV, but I should have caught that. Either way, today we're going to talk about how do we use our content on a TV station? What goes into creating a TV station? And what shows should go on TV? And here's the thing. I actually heard Ross Brand talk about this the other day on his podcast, maybe a couple months ago, not the other day, but uh, in the last few months. And he talked about, have you turned on the Yes Entertainment Network, the, the Yankees Entertainment Sports Network? Yes. And they have podcasts on TV. It's just people talking like we're talking on here. So there certainly is room to expand our podcast kingdom or podcast audience onto TV stations. But what kind of TV stations are launching nowadays? And of course, as you know, my show is on the DB Television Network. DBTV.TV is where you can watch it. Also, you can check it out on Roku and Amazon Fire. So I wanted to find out, how do you launch a TV station? What's the point behind it? And how do you keep growing it? I know the owner of uh, DBTV, David Bruner, is going to join us here. And he's ta- uh, he puts a lot of work into it. I'm seeing the, the, the emails and I'm seeing the new things and, and global distribution and TV, uh, what do you call it? TV networks locally and all those different things. So what goes into it? Why is he doing it? Uh, certainly, I'm a fan of it because I participate. And I think it's very forward thinking. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> so close. So close. Hey, that's okay. My apologies for dropping the end. Didn't even catch that until we were just live. Um, and, you know, but let's dive in. Why the DBTV network? Why does it exist? And and more importantly, why is it keep, why does it keep going and keep, keep going and growing? Well, thank you. Um, actually, uh, it started out as the DB and A television network. It started uh, February of 2020 when the, the pandemic hit. Uh, nobody was hiring. So I had uh, 100. I don't know if people know this, but I'm a, I'm a uh, talent agent for uh, people in television, radio, sports. So when February came, the pandemic hit, and I had about 105 people who weren't going anywhere. Nobody was hiring. There was no sports going on. So none of my sports guys were working. And I knew that, geez, you know, we're probably going to be in this situation for about seven, eight months, a year, maybe more. I have to keep my clients relevant. What can I do to make sure, because they're not working, what can I do? So as a um, as a group, we decided that we were going to do two things. One was we were going to produce content. We figured that if we produce content and put it out, uh, eventually, hopefully, people will see it. The other thing we decided to do was we were going to kind of be a, a, a team of brothers, we were going to make sure that we um, gave each other, that we went to each other's websites and looked at each other's content and, you know, give a thumbs up and also challenge each other. Oh, well, they think that's a great interview. I'm going to post the interview that I had with Wayne Gretzky from 
you know, three or four years ago. So um, it really kind of started with, okay, what what can we do to stay relevant and and so that people still remember who my clients are? And um, I had a fellow who asked me to do a TV show uh, because he also was concerned that uh, people were kind of forgetting the uh, the broadcasters who weren't working out there. So I started a little show called Zoomed In on a uh, on a network. And where I interviewed a lot of my clients and talked to them about how the pandemic was affecting them both personally and professionally. And uh, believe it or not, the show took off. It was a podcast and uh, it took off and got a nice following. And before you know it, uh, it was October of 2020. We had been on, I think we had done about 50, 60 interviews and uh, we had been on for about five months. And uh, the people from Roku called me and they said that, listen, we like your show zoomed in. DB&A, we're wondering if you'd like to bring it to Roku. And I was kind of surprised. I was delighted that somebody was watching the show and that uh, we were out there. But I also thought that at that time, it was October, people were starting to get rehired again. Sports was starting to come back again. I thought maybe the show had kind of, um, you know, ended at, at that time, had the the, um, the, the shelf life was, was uh, expired. So um, I that we had done if they would want to put them up on a on a network but um we started talking and he said to me listen with your background as a television agent also working at level um why don't we just give you a network and uh you can kind of have fun with it and uh, that intrigued me and i thought geez this might be a great opportunity for my clients and it turned out to be so i went back to my clients and i asked them i said listen we have an opportunity to be on national and international television with the content we've been producing, would you be willing to continue to produce it? And virtually everybody said yes, and we were happy about that. So around Thanksgiving of 2020, we really kind of started thinking about the network. At that time, monetizing it, making money on it, wasn't really even an idea at that point. It was more, this is a great opportunity for my clients to be seen and uh, and all that. We also thought it would be a great a public uh, PR form for us to be able to say, oh, we're the only television media agency that has their own television network. We thought that would, uh, you know, that, that would be great for us too. So we went on the air in uh, February of 2021. And at that time, Chris, as you know, we had maybe 13 shows. So um, we didn't have a lot of content, but if a show ran at say nine in the morning, it also ran at nine o'clock. I think at PM it was on 12 hour loops. Then after about a month or two, people started hearing about uh, the uh, network. Uh, friends would say, Hey, I've got a, a friend who's, who has a great podcast. You might want to uh, see it. It might be a great part of your network. So by um, March or April, we were up to about 34, 35 shows. And, um, we were delighted about that, and uh, it, it was amazing at that point how much it had grown. It almost doubled. Then it got to a point where it was around um, May or June when I started getting calls from people saying, hey, we'd like to advertise on your network. I was also getting uh, calls from my host saying that, hey, I just had somebody on um, my show. They're really interested in your network, and they want to know how to advertise. So we kind of had to start rethinking everything because one of the things that I had 
made a big deal about was we weren't going to run uh, advertising. It was just going to be a, a, a playground for my clients to be able to highlight and spotlight their uh, talents. And it turned out to be a situation where, oh my goodness, we're going to be able to uh, monetize this both for the agency and, and for my clients. So um, it's, it's kind of funny. We're, we're 18 months at this point. Uh, we just announced our fall lineup last week. If you would have told me a year and a half ago that you would have 70 plus shows uh, and that you would be, uh, you know, being able to monetize the network, I would have told you that, you know, you, you were silly. It wasn't going to happen that fast. So we've been very, very lucky that uh, the network took off as it has. So, and that's fantastic to hear. And of course, uh, the, because of the ads uh, is why shows are now 26 minutes or 56 minutes. And I, I'll tell you from my perspective, the 26 minutes has helped my show, my my this show everywhere, because honestly, it has to be fairly focused, right? We can't go on forever and ever. And it's like, we got three questions or four questions, depending how much we talk about and, you know, if everybody shares stories. So from an over, overall content strategy for the business storytelling show, that limit has actually helped. Now, I know you add shows. I've been with you pretty early on. I'm not yeah. sure if it was the first month or not, but it was pretty quickly at the beginning. Uh, and of course, Charlene Walters uh, made the introduction. She's been on this show a couple of times. She has the launch on your network. But how do you pick shows? I know you kind of you have like the business block and the wellness block, or I'm just making the wellness block up here. But you have blocks of content. Yeah. Uh, like, how do you come up with that, and how do you determine uh, who to add? I mean, I'm sure you don't want to have 12 business storytelling shows because yeah. at some point that's well, going to get old. Well, to, to be honest with you, uh, the network started with just clients of mine. People who I represented, people who uh, wanted to do something while uh, the pandemic was going on. So for the longest time, it was just uh, clients of uh, DB and Associates. Uh, I, I was lucky because there was a, a few people who had started. Uh, I think I had two clients who had actually done uh, a year of cooking shows, 13 episodes of cooking shows. And I had two clients who were uh, who were doing a travel show. And it was just at a point where they were ready to go out and sell uh, the their shows and the pandemic hit. And of course, at that time, nobody was buying any new shows or anything like that. Related to me, but they were related to my clients or they had been on one of my shows that were on the network, whatever. So, um, it, it actually started where 100% of my shows were all clients of mine. And now it's led to a point where um, I do have some people. I represent all the shows, but I may not represent the actual host who, who hosts the show. But um, it, it was really great how it all kind of uh, started because, you know, we, we are proud of the fact that when we look at our um, uh, analytics every night, one of the things that we're most proud of is people watch us for over 140 minutes at a time, which in the television and radio industry is phenomenal because usually it's 15, 20 minutes. And I think one of the reasons why, I think there's two reasons. One, I think we have great programming, but it's also because we do what we call uh, blocks. We put all our 
travel shows together back to back to back. We put all our cooking shows together back to back, all our business shows back to back. So when somebody sits down, they realize that they're they're probably going to watch two, three, four shows in a row of the same type. So if they like cooking shows, they know that they're going to get another an hour or so of cooking shows or business shows, whatever. And we also try to put the shows at a great time, like our business shows are, uh, you know, during the morning um, when when people are doing business, eight, nine, ten o'clock. Then we have our uh, talk shows in the afternoon. Then we have our cooking shows around dinner time, and our travel shows are at night, and our movies are on the weekends. So um, placing those shows are very important too. You know, I, I try to tell people that we're not just kind of throwing um, spots out there. There's a reason why every show is where it is. And one of the reasons is because of the, uh, uh, as you say, putting putting shows in blocks so that if somebody wants to see an hour of business shows, they're going to see an hour of business shows as opposed to you sit down and you watch uh, a, a business show and then you're seeing a talk show and then maybe a sports show. You may not like those. So um I just, I've, I, I've been a huge fan of television. I worked in television. Uh, I love television. I, I look at myself as, is this a show that I would really like? Is this a show that would entertain me? Uh, is this a show where I would learn something from? Is this a show that I would love to have on my network? So believe it or not, there's a lot of shows out there uh, that I got that I just didn't think were worthwhile. I just didn't think, you know, pe- people hollering at each other, uh, you know, politics, um, things like that. And we just didn't want that on our show. I wanted a network that had great programming, that had diverse programming, and also where families could sit down and watch and not be afraid to be able to watch their shows. And uh, that's what we that's what we have here at DBTV. I'm very, very proud of that. Uh, so not to be long-winded, but to answer your question, um, I really, you know, when I, when somebody asks me, take a look at the show, I look at the show and say, is this something that I think people would, would really like to watch? Either be entertained, informed, one way or another, you know? Very interesting. Of course, also, does it fit any of the blocks you already have? I mean, so it's so fascinating to me. I just uh, wrote about uh, um, streaming services the other day. And, um, you know, the the sometimes, I mean, you can just go down a rabbit hole in a topic, right? And same on Facebook, for example. Uh, I mean, you have groups for everything. I have a generator, DB, and and there's a Facebook group where people talk about the generators. Like, that's just crazy if you think about it. Uh, there's Facebook groups for anything, right? And, and so people, so that seems to be working. I mean, if you're watching a business show, you don't want to watch a cooking show next, right? right? right. You don't want to watch a workout show next if you're just watching uh, the cooking show, for example. But do you find it interesting, and certainly I'm bought in, but, but do you find it interesting that... Um, TV is not necessarily the new thing, right? Like we're not talking about, oh, this is the new, now we're in virtual reality. It's TV. Um, but why is TV still relevant? I mean, I watch TV, certainly. I, and I guess the options have changed. I mean, now there's Roku channels. Uh, and, you know, before you answer that, Roku channels remind me of uh, Alexa skills, eight years ago or five or whatever, five years ago, 10 years ago, they were pretty hard to set up. And today it's relatively easy, right? Um, so how, um, why is TV still important? You know, it's funny because uh, we have a show. Hold on. You know, when you mentioned Alexa, my Alexa, Alexa, please be quiet. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, me. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a show that we're very, very proud of. And it. it's really uh, taken uh, 
to become very, very uh, global phenomenon. It's called uh, Your Big Break. And um, what we do is we offer people from all over the world to send us their original songs to put them on the air. And, you know, we have people who have thousands and millions of followers, and they've already put their music up on social media. You know, they've already put it up on Facebook, places like that. But they're still interested in having, and we're delighted they are, they're still interested in having their uh, videos shown on television. So television is not what it was, but I still think it's it's very, very important. And I'm sure glad that that people feel the same way. Um, another thing that's interesting is um, I had a, a, a show running um, when we first started. It was a uh, it was a podcast, and um, a sponsor had come to this show, the host of the show, when the, when it was just a podcast, when it was, when it was just on, uh, I think it was just on Facebook or something like that, and they had a five thousand dollar budget. And when my host said, oh, by the way, we're going to be on TV now, we're going to be on Roku, we're going to be on Amazon, we're going to be on smart TVs, all of a sudden they had $30,000 in the budget. Uh, so that is the power of TV, even though it's still not what it was years ago, you know, the only thing out there, it still is very powerful and, and, and people still use it. They absolutely do. And just the channels change. I mean, when you, it's funny, uh, when you told me, I mean, I knew what Roku was and we have a Roku uh, and it was pretty simple for me to add the channel, but I know some people struggle with that. In fact, when you told me that we're rolling out in Germany and on Roku uh, for the time being, I guess might be the only one, Uh, maybe there's more, I don't know. But, uh, and I told my family that lives in Germany, they said to me, what's Roku, which is exactly what I expected them to say to me. Uh, just knowing them, right? How they how they consume content, but at the end of the day, the ways people consume content is just exploding, right? I mean, you can be you can be everywhere. Um, now, how about getting on TV? What tips do you have for people to do that? I mean, the so the Talking Yanks podcast, right? Yeah, fits on. Yes, I mean, obviously that's a fit, but I'm not. They're probably not the only Yankees podcast, quite frankly. Uh, but they don't run every Yankees podcast. So to, to market yourself to a TV station, um, what tips would you have for for podcasters or or live streamers or just uh, creators in general? Yeah, I still think there's niches out there. I mean, um, you know, the, there's certain shows. I mean, there's a there's a lot. For instance, we're running a couple um, shows. Uh, one's a Penn State tailgating show. Another one is Ohio State tailgating show. So, you know, there's those little niches that, oh, there's enough people out there that are going to be interested in watching these shows. Um, I think the bottom line still is, and this is me, I, people would probably disagree, but it still has to be a good show. I mean, you know, just because you have a show and you can put a, a podcast on doesn't necessarily mean that you, you have the right to be on, on television somewhere or on a network. Um, you know, now I really care about the quality of the shows. I also care about how it looks, the content, all that. That's important. So um, my advice would be just because you have a show doesn't necessarily mean that uh, that you deserve the right to, to have it somewhere. You really should work on it. Uh, make sure that it is entertaining. Make sure that it is something that people want to see. But I still think that it can be uh, niche uh, if, if, if that's such a word. 
because uh, there's just so as you say, there's people out there who, for instance, I I was uh, I went online the other night and there's uh, pinball enthusiasts and they have a weekly show and all people do is call and talk about pinball. Now, probably in the old days, you know, people would have laughed if you would have said, "Hey, let's do a show about people who like to play pinball." But it has a great following. I think there's over a million followers and all that. So, uh, you know, th- there there is uh, room out there for for shows. I know that when I get emails and calls from people who want to put a network together, they ask me what the most important thing is, and I just tell them content. There's a lot of people who kind of want to start networks, but they only have one or two shows. Um, you know, that's fine. I mean, that's a nice start, but you really should have, as I said, we started with 13 or 14 shows, and now we're up to uh, over 70 shows, which we're delighted about. So I still think content is very important when you're uh, putting a show together. I mean, content is king, as they like yeah. to say, even though I think Jay Schwedelson this morning said content is not king, and he said something different. Um, but it is, right? At the end of the day, if you don't have the right amount of content and the right volume, I mean, that's another thing. If you're running, I think you're running the business storytelling show every day, right? Five times a week. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't, if I only send you one episode, uh, at some point, people will notice that, right? So you need a certain level of quality output, I guess, might be the phrase to use from right, all your hopes. Right, because right, people do call me and they say, hey, I'd like you to take a look at my show. And, you know, the, the show is, hey, this isn't too bad. This is something that we might be interested in running. And then I ask them how many episodes they have in the can. And they're like, well, that's the only show. So, well, I can't put you on Monday through Friday because you only have one show. And I even can't put you on weekends. So we ask our hosts to produce as, as often as they can now. You, I mean, you know, you're producing. I, I think we have over 125 shows from you, which is great. But I have some people who are producing shows once a week to a month, which is fine as long as they're producing new content for us. You're right, because somebody who's a regular viewer of us is going to realize, my God, I'm watching the same five cooking shows all, uh, or the same five business shows. So you do have to have lots of episodes as well. Yeah, and I mean, lots is, of course, um, that's up for definition what that means. What I do is, you know, I typically go live twice a week yeah. um, and then just ship them over to you. It's super easy to do. Um, and get them out there. So, you know, that's two new episodes a week. So we have a nice rotation going. Uh, what's in the future for the network? Uh, I know you talked about expansion. You're always looking for new channels. And you know what? Every time I talk to you, I hear about a new network that I've never heard of. I mean, there's so many different places where people are now consuming content. It's mind-boggling. Uh, but yeah. what's in the future here? Where else are, are you going to head with the network? Right. Well, besides the big ones, which are Roku, Amazon, um, on demand, smart t- smart TVs. Also, uh, you can we stream on the website, which is www.dbtv.tv. Um, we are on in uh, Germany, Ireland, Mexico, and the United Kingdom, as you had as you, as you had mentioned. Uh, we hope to expand to more cities. We hope to expand to more cable companies. We're also on a whole a lot of these other platforms, and there's so many to name. I know we're on over 200, between 200 and 300 other platforms, you know, smaller kind of networks that they kind of have their own niche and, and all that. So um, we're always looking to expand, um, always looking for for new shows to add. And um, but that's what we want to do. We want to constantly 
you know, what do they say about the fish? What's the comment? Once the fish stops, he, he kind of, uh, that's it for him. The fish has to constantly move. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even though we're happy with the, with the, with the people we have working for us, the, the hosts we have, the shows we have, we're still think that we can do better. We think we're always a step away from doing something bigger and better. So that's kind of what we're doing too. We hope by the end of the year that we're going to be on a lot more cable companies in, uh, like, uh, Japan, uh, foreign countries like that. That's what we're working on. And also we're trying to get on places like um, Pluto and places like that. We're always constantly talking to them. So it's definitely a growing experience. And, you know, one thing that, that I think my show, I don't, I should go back and look at shows before I ran on DVTV, but definitely since DVTV, I mean, I, I um, added more features to my show, right? Like a different background, the logo in the corner, you know, we've updated that when you updated it. Uh, and also uh, the intro, right? I mean, the intro has gotten a lot nicer than, I mean, when I first started the show, DB was just me coming on saying, hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, there was no intro. Now we got an intro, we got an outro, we got all these different things. So certainly you kind of want to make sure that works. And the other thing uh, that comes to my mind is when you stream, you always have to make sure you're streaming and recording in the highest quality uh, I know on, on Restream here, what we use, you actually have to go in and change that at the beginning because it, the default is not set to the highest quality. Um, DB, it was great to catch up with you. Thanks for sharing your insights. Um, good luck with uh, the continued success of uh, DB TV. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on your show. And we love the business storytelling show. And we also love the real talk, which is going to start uh, in, in the fall with uh, Jen Vogel and uh, and uh, all our uh, business block. We're very, very happy to have you as a part of our network. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.